By one estimate, the video game industry is expected to bring in upwards of $140 billion this year. And today, one of the industry's biggest brands, Rockstar Games, comes out with their latest game, Red Dead Redemption 2. And the payday for the two brothers behind it could change the billion dollar industry. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg News LA Bureau Chief and de facto game industry managing editor, Chris Palmieri. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So today, Red Dead Redemption 2 is out. Pretend I've been living under a rock. What is Red Dead Redemption 2? Uh, this is probably the most anticipated video game of the year by the real sort of serious game aficionados. It's been seven years since the previous title in this series came out, and it's seven years of sort of hard work on the part of Rockstar Games in developing this incredibly realistic Western-themed world that you can play in. One more big score. We got enough money to leave. What do you think? Nothing means more to me than this game. I would kill for it. I would happily die for it. In this Western-themed world with the really beautiful graphics, it's brought to life by the Hauser brothers. Who are they exactly? Sam and Dan Hauser, a pair of uh, uh, British-born, now living in New York, uh, video game executives. uh, Got an interesting family tree. Uh, Their mother was an actress who... uh, uh, had a role in Get Carter, uh, 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 a crime drama from uh, starring Michael Caine in the early 70s, and their father ran uh, uh, Ronnie Scott's very famous jazz club in London. And they grew up loving the whole sort of early 80s uh, gangster rap uh, sort of vibe of, of New York and, and that scene. And so uh, they moved here, uh, and uh, they had played an early role in the development of a title called Grand Theft Auto, but really blossomed once they took full control of that and turned it into this uh, global phenomenon. And you talked about kind of their roots and and their influences, and they've taken those influences in in pop culture and, and in crime, and they've really just put it right into their work, haven't they? Right. I mean, you know, it's been said that, you know, before the Hauser Brothers, video games were sort of, uh, you know, for the for the sort of nerdier crowd, and they made, uh, with, with Grand Theft Auto, uh, video games cool. There was, a, you know, basically, the hero is a bad guy, and he can, you know, uh, rob and uh, plunder and murder at will. And uh, it it just became this, uh, you know, very sort of you know, they did various iterations in Los Angeles and Miami, and uh, and it just became this very cool world that fans all over the world inhabited. And have they become kind of like rock star status, like royalty status in the gaming industry? Absolutely. Uh, that that the name of their uh, company was not accidental, uh, and and they sort of cultivate this air of mystery. Uh, very rarely give interviews. Uh, you know, um, just sort of want to create this mystique of these uh, you know these people uh, you know making these uh, otherworldly games. So they've created this mystique uh, about them, but they also have uh, a somewhat of a reputation for pushing their employees hard. What do we know from? their past, and, and what do we know when it went into making Red Dead Redemption 2? Well, we know uh, in 2006, a number of uh, employees in their San Diego office, which was working on the original Red Dead uh, game, uh, sued, uh, saying that you know they, they weren't being compensated for all the extra hours they were working, 
A uh, few uh, years later, there was an open letter from the spouses of those employees, uh, again saying you know they were overworked, missing vacations, not giving pay raises, suffering from all sorts of stress. Uh, and then the issue really came up again just recently uh, in a New York uh, magazine piece uh, where Dan Hauser did give an interview where he mentioned the 100-hour weeks that he uh, was putting in and set off this firestorm, uh, the company uh, – and sort of allowed its employees to talk to the media about uh, their work weeks. There was an HR meeting, and they changed their policy and making it clear that no one was forced to work overtime. Mm-hmm. Just became a, it exposed an issue of these sort of what they call crunch time in the video game industry and, and the crazy hours that they sometimes often have to work. You recently wrote for Bloomberg that the paycheck for the Hauser brothers will be pretty epic. How much right. money are they expected to take home? Well, we don't know exactly because uh, there, there, this isn't uh, revealed, but it is one of the most extraordinary situations I've ever seen in a publicly uh, traded company. So the the Housers have negotiated a, a situation where they get to c- keep half of the uh, profits of Rockstar Games, which is one of only two subsidiaries of Take Two. Uh, and so, you know, all of the, all of the profits from Grand Theft Auto and from the new Red Dead will be in this uh, sort of situation. And the, the Take-Two, the overall company, does report a number for their internal royalties, they call it. It was $383 million last year, and we have an analyst saying that it could likely top $500 million this year. Now, all of that doesn't necessarily go to the housers. That's uh, spread across many of the company's games and, and uh, employees. Uh, but it's very likely that the lion's share of that goes to the brothers. You brought up that some of it does go to the employees. How much of the pie does go to the employees? We don't know, and Take Two isn't saying. And they're uh, they're doing their best now to uh, sort of try to suggest that it's less than it is without actually saying what mm-hmm. it is. Um, they're just not disclosing that. But you know whether the Housers got you know. 360 of the 380 million last year, or 300 million, it's, it's in all likelihood a, a shockingly large number. In, in the industry overall, what kind of pie do, do typically do the people who build the games and, uh, and would you say crash it? How much do they get? It's, it's not unusual for, for game developers and particularly senior people to share in the profits of a game. Uh, but these numbers are extraordinary. I mean, for example, uh, there's a fellow named Mike Mornheim who's just retiring from running Blizzard, the division of uh, of Activision Blizzard that you know made such amazing games as World of Warcraft and Overwatch, and he was paid 12 million. The company did disclose wow. his salary. So obviously, it's a pretty nice chunk of change for most <laughs> of us, but nothing like the hundreds of millions of dollars that it's likely the houses are taking in. All right, so those are pretty big paychecks. So what does that mean for the industry overall? How big is that? Well, if you include everything that one could possibly think of as a sort of a video game from, you know, the apps and, and uh, social games and uh, console games and PC games, it's worldwide. It's a $138 billion industry. It's just just giant. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, one of the reasons the houses can command the kind of pay structure that they do uh, their last version of Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand Theft Auto V, it's five years old now, uh, but it's grossed over $6 billion. And that's, you know, to put that in context, more than the last 10 James Bond movies <laughs> combined. Uh, you know, you're talking extraordinary numbers of revenue. I mean, uh, so, uh, and, and it's still ongoing because they have an online version 
of uh, Grand Theft Auto that people people can buy things in real real money by virtual goods. And uh, that's also still producing five years later hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. So how are the other industries, the more traditional mainstream industries, trying to tap into the success that the gaming industry is seeing? Well, what we're seeing now uh, is a movement toward the subscription model in just about all forms of entertainment. I mean, you could probably point to uh, whether it was Netflix or Spotify being the pioneer of this. Uh, you know, the idea that you know you're paying sort of a monthly fee and then getting access to all the entertainment you want is now beginning to catch on in gaming. And so we're seeing all sorts of subscription services. We're seeing service games that are given away and then based on some sort of season pass or, or whatever uh, to, that allow people to play or get more merchandise within the game. Or, um, and so, um, and so th- that's the sort of uh, you know, service uh, model that sort of everyone in entertainment is, is moving toward. And who exactly is that audience then signing up for those subscriptions and, and paying all this money for the games? The you know video game industry you know particularly for the uh, for the games that the Hausers made is it's a it's a young adult audience um, it, it's for the most part not kids I mean one of the amazing things about this Fortnite phenomenon which is a different company that just coincidentally was in the news today raising over a billion dollars Epic Games uh, is you know that that reached that was a shooter game that reached a really broad audience, uh, very young kids, as young as seven years old, uh, women and girls, and, and didn't traditionally play those types of games. And so, uh, so we're, you know, we're definitely seeing the broadening of the audience uh, moving toward these models, uh, free-to-play based on either subscriptions or some sort of in-game purchases uh, and uh, just ongoing revenue from the same title over multiple years. You talk about that broadening of the audience, but you also kind of touched on it a few minutes ago about the broadening of how we ingest these games. I mean, when I was a kid, full disclosure, I'm not a gamer. I've never played Red Dead Redemption 2 or Grand Theft Auto. But when I was a kid, I grabbed my Nintendo NES cartridge, I blew on it, and I put it in the machine, and I played. But it's it's much more simpler than that now these days. Yeah, it is. I mean, you uh, kids have access. Uh, you know, my daughter has uh, access to an iPad. Uh, eventually, we'll have to give her an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's it's everywhere. Uh, and uh, you know, one of the amazing things about the Fortnite phenomenon too is it became you know, uh, people are watching uh, more and more of these other people play games, and so we have this evolution not just of esports where you have professional players. Uh, who uh, you know are in arenas uh, full of people watching them play, but we also have people streaming their their games online and services like Twitch, which also make money through advertising or contributions of some kind of, of viewers, and um, and so uh, so we're just seeing a, a, a dramatic evolution and greater access, a lot of a lot of free things that you can do and watch online, and more and more ways that you can access that content. Are we in the golden age of the video game industry, or or is there more to come? I would think that there's more to come. We're uh, we're starting to see, you know, the the quality of the games and the immersiveness of the games. Just, uh, I mean, you play Red Dead Two, and you're it feels like you're in a movie. You're in a western. I mean, they uh, the the level of detail. I mean, the characters' clothes get dirty over time. They they their beards grow stubbly. I mean, they're just uh, 
uh, you know, it's just an amazing uh, experience, uh, and uh, you know, eventually, probably, we'll see even that level of quality become in a free-to-play game. And so it's 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 evolving uh, very rapidly, uh, but thriving in in a way much more so than uh, other tra- more traditional forms of entertainment, like going to the movies or buying music. Chris, thank you. Thank you. Make sure to follow Chris on Twitter. He's at Chris Palmieri. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.